So those of you who have a Bible, you may want to turn it to Psalm 15. If you remember from last week, Dylan talked about different psalms, different genres. This is a reflective or meditative psalm. Scholars believe it was written by King David. And in this very short psalm, David ponders godly character. He meditates on the blameless character of one who knows God. This is a very short psalm, but believe it or not, people meditate on it for hours and days. Because as you look closely at this psalm, I want to ask you to ask yourself this. Do I reflect this blameless character David speaks of? Most of us say we know God, but do we really have these characteristics? Can people see them? Starting in verse 1. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? Now the tent here refers to the tabernacle. If you have been paying attention over the last couple of weeks, you'll remember that the tabernacle was the great tent of meeting, the place that God told Moses and Israel to build for him during the Exodus. The Lord's tabernacle was literally a tent that moved with the Israelites as they wandered in the wilderness. It contained the Ark of the Covenant. You remember those stone tablets. It also contained an altar, candlesticks, and probably several other things. Now last month, you may remember that David, our priest, not King David, spoke of King David's triumphal movement with the Ark into Jerusalem. He did it with great joy. He celebrated. The tent, the tabernacle, was a place where God could meet his people and people could meet their God. Remember that in the days of David, there was no church. There was no temple. The great temple we speak of is later. It's built by Solomon. So the tabernacle, or this tent that David is talking about, is a place where you would go to meet God. So David is saying, who can go and meet God? Who can be present with God? Who knows God? Shane Heyman, a singer-songwriter attached to the Psalms Project. Now, those of you who don't know, the Psalms Project is a project that a band has undertaken to basically put music to all 150 psalms. If that interests you, check them out on Spotify or Google them. It's the Psalms Project. What he says, how he paraphrases this, Yahweh, who may spend time with you and who may live on the mountaintop with you? Now, David is not looking for individuals. He's not looking for specific names of people. He's reflecting on what kind of people feel at home in God's presence. What are they like? What do they do? What do they think? 
In verse 4, or actually in the next four verses, King David or the Lord himself were not really clear responds. So let's consider those verses. Let's think about how one approaches God. Who is it that feels comfortable with God? Who is it that knows God? Verse 2. The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth. So according to verse 2, who gets to experience God's presence? Well, the Coles notes, the easy answer, people of moral integrity, people with godly character, people whose walk is blameless, people who are faithful day in and day out, people who are obedient, people who walk uprightly and speak truth. Now, some of you might be going, just a minute here, that's Old Testament stuff. That's the Old Testament perspective. That's perfectionism. That's performance. It's not all about works. And to you, I say, you are right. You are right. Thanks to Jesus' death and resurrection, all believers are welcome into God's presence. It is not about works. It is about faith. Remember that when God looks at you, and you, and you, and you, he sees Jesus. Sees Jesus in all his righteousness and welcomes you into his presence. However, if we persist in sinful ways, we cannot enjoy a deep, abiding fellowship with God. Remember 1 John 1, 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. So as we delve deep into this psalm, it is important to remember that although righteous walk was a condition for fellowship in the days of King David, a righteous walk now is evidence of a deep and abiding fellowship with God. Did you get that? Although it was a condition for fellowship in the days of King David, now it is evidence of a deep and abiding fellowship with God. So what are the characteristics that we need to look for? Reading from the end of 2 who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others. Remember the Gospels. Remember what Jesus says about the tongue. Remember Jesus reminds us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We heard the Gospel this morning. It is what inside, what's inside, that produces what's outside. When we spoke about taming the tongue, oh, months ago, I mused with most of you, what would happen if somebody put a tape recorder in your pocket last week? A tape recorder that you had no idea about, and it recorded absolutely every word you uttered. Every single word. 
those done in secret, those conversations below your breath, and those conversations with others. As you listen to it, what would it tell you about the condition of your heart, the condition of your fellowship with God? I love what Pastor Tony Fernandez says, the tongue is a snitch, a tattletale, and an informant. Your tongue, your words, tell others the condition of your heart. If you are bitter, your words are harsh and judgmental. If you are manipulative, you speak lies and gossip. But if you are content and spirit-filled, you will speak praise, joy, and encouragement. Many would say that more damage has been done to the church and in the church by gossip, criticism, and slander. In verse 3, David reminds us how important it is to be good and honest and honorable to neighbors and friends. And we are reminded of the words of Jesus when he commands us to love our neighbors and friends and also our enemies. Moving on to verse 4. Who despise a vile person, but honors those who fear the Lord. Now some of you might feel uncomfortable with that word despise vile people, for we know that Christ teaches us to love and pray for our enemies. So what's the deal? What is David trying to tell us? Well, it may be important to understand that in Hebrew culture, the word despised implies strong preference or lack thereof. In essence, what David is trying to say is that we are called to disapprove of all that is evil and admire all that is godly. We are called to choose good over evil every time. How sad it is when we as Christians, for the sake of obtaining the favor of men, choose evil over good. And in the process, we indirectly mock God and please the wicked. Shane Heyman paraphrases this by saying, he who does not celebrate the wicked, but celebrates those who fear God. Next time you think about what you are doing, ask yourself, am I choosing evil? Am I choosing good? David continues to list the characteristics of the blameless by reminding us of the importance of being men and women of integrity, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind. We need to be people who say what we mean and mean what we say. We need to be people of our word. We need to be people of our word. We need to be real. We need to be men and women of integrity. When we say that we are going to do something, we need to do it. We need to fulfill our vows. We need to fulfill our promises, even 
when it isn't convenient. Verse 5, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Here David sees that those with godly character are people who give without strings attached. Who give without strings attached. Who give not thinking, if I give this, what am I going to get? But who just give out of love. Also, he's talking about characteristic that are we people who do not let greed get in the way of justice for the innocent? Think about this just for a minute. Do you really work towards justice for those around you? Do you really put the needs of other people before yourself? Or do your needs, your comforts, your desires help you to turn a blind eye to those who are poor and oppressed? Are you actually oppressing your neighbor by your actions, by your attitude, or in some ways by your buying choices? Something to think about. The psalm ends with a promise that those who abide with God, those who dwell in his presence, those who walk blameless will never be shaken. As we spend time with God, as we dwell in his presence, as we get to know him, as he refines us, as he calls us to do things, as we spend more time with him, we will learn that he cannot be shaken and that we then cannot be shaken. In essence, if you think about this last couple of months, feels like years and years and years, there is much chaos, there is much drama. But when we dwell in his presence, we find calm in the storm. We find rest. And we find that peace that we can't explain. So this psalm, this little five verses, is very powerful. For if we sit and we reflect upon it, we first of all can celebrate the knowledge that thanks to Jesus, we are welcomed into God's presence. Yay! This is a good thing. We don't have to do anything to be allowed into God's presence. Jesus has done it all. And I want you to understand how revolutionary this thought is. In every single other religion, it's all about do. In Christianity, it's done. It's done. So much has changed from the reign of King David. Thanks to the gift of the Holy Spirit, we don't need to physically go to the tent or to the church or to the tabernacle to find God. The Holy Spirit is God within us. However, this psalm encourages us to take stock of our relationship with God. How are we doing? Do we really appreciate the fact that we can come into his presence? Are we really living with God? Are we really spending time with him? Let's get real. We've all seen married couples, roommates, members of a family that live together, eat together, 
and yet are effectively strangers. How healthy is your fellowship with God? Are you really abiding in him? When you look at these attributes, do you see yourself? Over this next week, I want to encourage you to reread this psalm and to ask yourself, do I see those characteristics in me? If you have courage, maybe ask a close friend, do you see those characteristics in me? Remember, a righteous walk is evidence of a deep and abiding fellowship with God. So when you look and when you read, if you find an area you are struggling with, take it to God. Talk to him about it. And then take heart in the knowledge that if you spend time with God, he will refine you with his fire. And he will do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. Let me end by reading from the message the same verse or same psalm, Psalm 15, from Eugene Peterson's The Message. God, who gets invited to dinner at your place? How do we get on your guest list? Walk straight, act right, tell the truth. Don't hurt your friend, don't blame your neighbor, Despise the despicable. Keep your word, even when it costs you. Make an honest living. Never take a bribe. You'll never get blacklisted if you live like this. Let us pray. Holy God, through your son Jesus, you showed us how to live. Help us to walk in his footsteps. Help us to acquire the habits that will make us dependable in your service. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.